Hello and welcome to Family Room Discussions, where you invite me, Dalton Anderson, to your Come Follow Me study, and we discuss ideas, questions, and insights to the week's lesson. Let me be clear, I am not a church historian or a scripture scholar. I am your average saint trying to build my faith in Christ and deepen my testimony of the gospel and the scriptures, and I have found that by discussing Come Follow Me with others, it helps me to do just that. My sincere hope is that for those struggling to study Come Follow Me for whatever reason, maybe because you're single and you don't have others to study with, or like me, your kids are still too young to understand English, or really for any other reason, that you will allow me to join your family for about 30 minutes to help with that gospel dialogue. With that, let's start this family room discussion. Brothers and sisters, family and friends, this is episode 15, and I am joined by some special guests tonight. I have looped in my family. I've got with me... This is Amy Reese Anderson. I'm Dalton's mom. Roland Anderson, Dalton's dad. I'm Ashley, Dalton's sister. Alex, Dalton's brother-in-law. And Alexis, Dalton's wife. And super grateful that they've joined me. I thought it would be really cool because uh, we watched General Conference and I wanted to do a General Conference recap. And because there was so much to cover, I figured what better than to loop in my family who uh, is smarter than I am. So... Uh, I wanted to ask everybody, uh, what was, and, and I know it's tough to pick one favorite, but if you had to pick one favorite, I want to ask, what was like your favorite talk from conference? And I'll start with mom. You can't ask a favorite talk. That's like asking a favorite child. And everybody knows parents don't have favorite children. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think it's hard to, the prophet, you know, President Nelson, um, it would be really hard not to say that his talk was probably the most powerful and impactful for most of us today, especially with everything that's going on with the virus right now and just the apostolic blessing he gave to all of us and the, the message of hope that he gave us. I think at a time when we all really need help was really special for me. But some of the points that I really appreciated the most, because he spoke a couple of times throughout the conference and they showed a video as well with him talking to some children, but I love the message he gave about how the Lord needs us to be able to do hard things and that that's part of how we grow in life. And, and he gave the example of Moses and how... You know, Moses, the, the Lord told Moses to climb the mountain to come and talk to him. And he didn't say, you know, come on, I'll start walking. I'll meet you halfway. You have to come all the way up to me. And the reason why is because it was for Moses' own growth and how each of us are going to have to go through some hard and challenging times. And it's really going to be up to us to learn and grow from those times. Um, so that message, I think, really resonated with me. And I loved the quote that um, Elder Jimenez wrote said when he said that suffering is universal, but how we react to it's individual. And... I just think that, you know, each of us has kind of a burden on our shoulders right now to how we're going to handle the situation and how we're going to act and how we're going to take on the challenges that come because clearly we're going to go through a lot of challenges. And so those messages were something I think right now that were really inspirational to me. For me, um, I think what stands out the most to me, at least right now, is Elder Holland's talk on Sunday morning. He, um, his message, for lots of reasons, his message... The focus on the Savior and His love for us and our need uh, for Him was uh, very poignant. But also, I felt like He tied in so many of the other messages that we heard over the weekend. Um, he talked a lot about hope. Mm -hmm. um, there was a strong invitation for anybody and everybody um, to be involved and to join us in this message of hope and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the spirit and the power that he shared that message with was very impactful for me. I think 
My favorite was probably, or at least one of my favorites, was Sunday morning session with Bonnie Corden. Um, she spoke about the light of Christ and just being a light ourselves, right? Shared that story with Elder Perry when she was a little girl and shining her light and she wasn't shining it for him, she was shining it for her. Um, and I think, I don't know, that just hit home, right? We always know in the gospel to shine our lights and we hear that all the time, right? Like be, don't hide your light under a bushel, but for her to talk about, be purposeful with where and how we shine our lights, um, it just reminded me the gospel is very individual, right? Like if we're trying to lead someone or help someone to understand or share the gospel, it needs to be in front of them and where they are and how they'll understand it. So it just reminded me that the gospel is very individual and Christ works one by one. And like, that's how we need to work, right? With missionary work, when we're trying to shine our light, we need to do it one by one and meet people where they are and shine it in a way that they understand and help cultivate their testimonies where they are. For me, what stood out the most was, it was Saturday morning's talk by uh, Russell and Wilson. Well, did I say that right? It was Russ. Russell and Ballard, right? And Russell Bauer. And Russell Bauer. <laughs> wow, I just slaughtered it. Anyways. Um, but what stood out to me was he talked a lot about Joseph Smith and Hiram and the sacrifices that they made for the restoration of this gospel. And not only them, but every other person that we don't get to hear all of their accounts and history of the sacrifices they've made. And at the end of his talk, he he sent out an invitation to us and he said, he invited us as we listened to conference to consider things that we could take to the Lord in righteousness that we could sacrifice. And, you know, for me that stood out a lot is what could I take to the Lord to sacrifice and truly show the Lord how much this gospel means to me and what, what would be a meaningful sacrifice. And that's a lot of what's been laying on my mind as I listened to general conference and, uh, just some of the takeaways that I've gotten from this session, from that session. So one of my favorite talks was by Sister Joy D. Joy D. Jones. Uh, she talked about how, as one of the quotes that I, that I have, she says, Women wear many hats, but it is impossible and unnecessary to wear them all at once. The Spirit helps us to determine which work to focus on today. That really stood out to me as I've been trying to juggle um, work, and being a mom, being a wife, having to clean a house, having to get all these errands done and everything. So, and sometimes I find myself being really stressed out and then I'm not very patient with the kids or with my husband and I just don't get anything done. <laughs> so I feel like that really spoke to me with her talk with talking, um, to really seek the spirit to know which I need, which hat I need to wear at that time so that I can give my all into cleaning my house or give my all to my husband and to my kids instead of trying to do it all at once because it's like she said, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And I felt that as I've tried to juggle and <laughs> try to do it all at once. Some days I'm good and I can really separate everything, but other days it sometimes just feels like a bowl of spaghetti and I'm just everywhere. And another part of her talk is when she um, was interviewing President Nelson um, with all the younger kids. Um, one of the quotes that they said, in re it relates to what Amy was talking about, um, that it says that the Lord loves effort and effort brings rewards. Mm -hmm. I really like that, um, that we do have to go 
we have to put in that extra effort and as we do we will be rewarded and that's why heavenly father asks us to put in that extra mile to go the whole way so that he can bring us those rewards um i love it and my favorite was from saturday morning with elder neil anderson and uh the reason that one stuck out to me was because um like i i know and i think we've all heard this right like when you're when you have a question take it to general conference right and like pray that that, that someone will answer that question and I've, I've done that throughout my life but um i think this is the first time where that i've done that in preparation and then a talk like directly spoke to me like i've i've previously like general conference always answers my questions but it's usually like the spirit in a roundabout way helps me answer that question through multiple talks or something but like that was the talk that um like just last week lex and i were talking about revelation and we were talking to our friend cameron and um we were just discussing these things about revelation and like all of us had kind of brought up our own individual things of like about revelation and that talk answered every single question. I was even texting Cameron through that talk. I was like, cause first it answered his question and I texted him and I was like, dude. And then, and then like a couple paragraphs in that talk later, he was answering my question and then he texted back and he's like, dude, and like that, it was just a really cool experience to me of, you know, his talk focused on personal revelation and receiving that and, um, kind of, different experiences with with how and and all that stuff and my my specific question that i had asked was when is it like when do you receive when is it a time that you receive revelation then like you shouldn't share it and in the last episode of my podcast i actually asked um anyone that listens to share with me you know that and so uh that's been something on my mind like how do you know revelation that you should share and then revelation that you shouldn't and keep sacred and, and what's the lines there and all that so um, his talk really stuck out to me for that reason. And it was just a cool experience because I've, I always knew the conference could do that. It's just never happened for me. Um, and then to have it where I had a, this conference, obviously where Elder Anderson did that, um, stuck out to me. So that was really cool. The next one. Uh, so next question I have for everybody is what were key takeaways from conference overall, or, or maybe it was a specific talk or whatever it was, but what in, you know, after this conference, after this annual 2020 general conference what are takeaways for you and what are things you want to do to improve moving forward and i'll start with lex i think some of the main takeaways for me is to have hope through hard times that the savior's there and that the restored gospel of jesus christ like we it has been restored so that we can find the peace and hope that we need today as the world becomes more uh, unstable like swaying um, and another message that I feel like was pretty clear is that the Savior is coming, but not yet. <laughs> they still have a lot of work for us to do. We have still have a ways to go, and He expects a lot from us before he, he does come back. So we need to make sure that we stay the course, that we strengthen our faith every day, so that when He does come, that we are prepared. Those are the things. And for, like, in my personal life, to be better at being more intentional with what I do with whether like reading my scriptures some days I do really good and I actually can remember what I read the next day when I open my book when I open it up to read other days I'm like I don't even know where I'm at what have I been reading the last week so I think just being more intentional um is what 
I'm going, one of the things that I'm going to try to work on for till next conference and then I'll either continue or find something new. <laughs> um, for me, I would just say some of the key takeaways that I left with conferences. Uh, number one, just piggybacking off of what Lex said is definitely the, the hope factor. But to add upon that, it would be that the heavens are open and that our Savior is directly talking to President Nielsen and he is receiving direct guidance for these hard times in these last days. And there's so much hope in that message. And um, I just can't express how grateful I am for that hope, especially now, just with so many challenges and struggles going on. Um, it really impacted me a lot. And then, you know, lastly, something else I took away was how this is a really is a worldwide church. And during the Hosanna shout, I just couldn't help but take my mind to think about all of the people around the world who are participating at the exact same time all over the place, you know, I mean, in every single country. And, and almost every language. Yeah, yeah, and it just touched my heart so much to think about that and the power that that did to my testimony. I don't know. It just touched my heart deeply. So. Yeah, I mean, right away to piggyback off that, we were with Alex's family when we watched that morning session, and uh, just the the power that was in the room. I mean, it was it was tangible, right? And I mean, I don't know for those of you who watched and saw the the video of the Spirit of God song, right? When when they started to play it and. You know, you kind of see one guy awkwardly stand up and you didn't know if he was going out to the bathroom or <laughs> what he was about to do, right? And then just immediately to see the whole congregation stand. And Well, it was cool to watch him turn to the people around him and encourage them to stand up. I think that's an example and a message in and of itself. Too. Really yeah, cool. no, for sure. And I mean, I think it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, right? Like I, I couldn't sing. I just started crying because, man, like the Lord... I mean, it's like Alex said, like, the heavens are open, right? Like, he is very aware of us. He speaks to us, not... I mean, he, he speaks directly with our prophet, right? We know that, but they made it very clear this conference, and like Dalton said, personal revelation. Like, he speaks with us directly, right? In ways that we actually understand him. Like, we have access to that. And I think that was my biggest takeaway, was just, like, how real and tangible this gospel is in Jesus Christ and... I mean, I, I think a few of us were probably ready to see him come down himself, right? And take the pulpit <laughs> yeah, for the next, next talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have surprised him. We were all ready for it. But, I mean, whether he did or didn't, he is. He's here, right? And I think that was my biggest takeaway. Like, he, he's actually here, and I want to make sure that I'm living my life in a way where he really could be next to me and, like, I feel comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I um. What I was going to say is very in line with um, all three of your comments. I had an overwhelming feeling, very much in the same thing. I had, I continue, continue, continuously was thinking about, wow, there are millions of homes around the world experiencing, yeah. yeah, experiencing this same thing, you know. There are families everywhere. The world is worshiping the Savior today. 
together. And it's almost like you felt it. Yeah. Yeah, you could feel it. Yeah. And I just, it was so overwhelming and it was so wonderful. And then when, oh, I can't remember. I think it was President Nelson who read um, Alma's prophecy about, you know, in the latter days when, you know, members around the world will be worshiping the Savior. And I was thinking, oh, this is fulfilling. This is fulfillment of that prophecy. So clearly it was and is. And it's not to say that there were more people worshiping today than other general conferences, but we were doing it. I mean, we were outwardly doing it. The Hosanna shout. We stood up in our living rooms and we shouted Hosanna to our Savior. And that feeling of knowing that everywhere people are doing the same thing was really wonderful. And I also, um, one of my takeaways that I thought was significant is almost all the talks. If I, if I look at, you know, what I felt like was touched on the most, obviously the restoration was touched on the most, but we had so many talks that were on the atonement, on the gathering of Israel, on missionary work, on temple work and family history, all of the core things that we of who we are as a people and who we are as the Lord's people were touched on, but they were done in such a way. I felt like everything um, melded together in a way that it really, I really felt like so often I would think, what if I didn't, you know, how do people that are tuning in for the first time and they don't know anything, I kept thinking there's no way they could watch this and not know who we are. How could you not recognize the Lord in what we're doing? And not just in what we're saying, you know, to if they experienced the Hosanna shout with us, we worship the Savior. That's what we are about. You know, I, um, I think the key takeaway for me was the hear him message when, you know, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith in the sacred grove and he said, this is my beloved son, here I am. And, it, you know, Heavenly Father was saying, you know, listen to my son, you know, your brother talked to you and, and he talked to Joseph Smith and he will talk to each of us if we allow him to. And, and I think that was a message that resonated throughout each of the talks. There was this message of it's our, our responsibility to get on our knees and to ask, but then to listen because you can't hear somebody if you're not listening. And so the importance of each of us kind of being willing to listen to the Spirit. And and it does take, you know, the Spirit doesn't speak in a big, loud voice like, you, you know, we shared today in conference. It's like it's a still, small voice. And he it's, doesn't speak to you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I hit him with a two-by-four. <laughs> teach me a hard lesson. But, but, I mean, most of the time it's it's a feeling in your heart. It's a feeling in your, you know, your gut. It's that... It's the little hairs on your arm standing up when you hear incredible music, which, by the way, can we just take a second to talk about the unbelievable music? It's it just, it, it was so incredible. Even though it wasn't live. To hear, yeah. I yeah. know. Especially that last number. Some of those hairstyles from the like, 80s were awesome. <laughs> I love those. But, but like, literally the, the spirit and the music and the, it's just one of those ways, right, that, that God talks to us and testifies to us is through music. A lot of times I think that's a really probably one of the easiest ways to recognize of the spirit for me is music and that prayer and the importance of prayer and getting on our knees and say, what would you have me do? Right. Asking heavenly father. And other times we might ask him and there's not going to be an answer and we have to get up and just take the action ourselves because he needs us to show that we're going to take action and try 
even when we don't always have clear answers and that sometimes things are going to seem really unfair and we have to have faith and trust in heavenly father that there's a reason for the things that go on if we're doing the best we can do that there's a reason for this sometimes there's a reason for the suffering there's a reason for the struggle you know could god take away some of those struggles sure he could but but he doesn't take them away because he wants us to grow and he wants us to develop and become the best that we can possibly be and he wants us to hear him and i think sometimes it takes going through hard things for us to be humbled up i know that with everything going on in the world today it probably put me in a much more spiritual in tune mode listening to conference because i was so desperate for guidance direction hope you know to take away my worries and my fears and all these things that are happening and so I came into it more prepared that way. And I think it really sends a message for me that I should be prepared that way every day, even when there's not a pandemic, right? My heart should be in tune all the time. And I think that's kind of the key message I took from that. And you guys, you know, referred to the Hosanna shout in my mind, like as we were waving the handkerchiefs, the white hankies in the air. And I just, like I could picture 17 million people around the world and more because everyone was invited to join, whether they're members of our faith or other faiths, to join in that. Um, and I could picture that and that just the, the visual image of all those people, if we were all in the same place at the same time doing that together, can you imagine? And what really struck me was it wasn't just the people on this earth that were doing it, that there's angels from the other side that were also doing it and proclaiming of God's goodness and, you know, saying, save, help save us, right? Help us here. And it was just such a impactful day for me that the all of it the whole weekend and i'm so grateful that we have a living prophet who gets revelation from heavenly father for all of us and i'm grateful for the knowledge that we can get revelation for ourselves and i don't know anyone that missed that closing song today um we thank thee of god for a prophet it needs to go back and tune in as well as to the spirit of god song that roland referenced those songs I mean, I, I, you just couldn't hear those and not be changed. You just couldn't. It was just too powerful. So I think that's a key takeaway for me is the importance of revelation and prayer. I was literally right before you said the like the closing song, I started thinking about it. And now that room with President Nelson, like, there was no one in there. But I don't know about everybody else, but... You could see people there. You could see, no, not that, I mean, I meant like angels, like you could feel angels around everywhere. But how many people stood up in their homes while they did sing that? We, Mm -hmm. we stood up. Yeah. So I'm like, even though, like, cause when you're in the conference center, normally everybody usually probably will stand up as they, as they sing that to the, the, we think they were after the prophet, but no one was there, but that power that he could probably still feel all of us singing there, even though there wasn't a lot of voices singing in that room. Yeah. But all over the world, the power of everybody singing that song, even though they weren't there, like spiritually, like, oh, I don't know, just that thought. I did just occur to me as you were talking about the music, just like, it was empty. But the power that we all still felt in our individual homes was, was powerful. very powerful. Well, and, and, you know, you talked about the homes and just, I think one of the important points there that really touched me today was the importance of the family and that our families aren't just in this life, that our families go forever because we have the blessings of the temple that allow us to be bound together forever. And we're going to see a lot of people in the world lose members of their family right now. And so it's really powerful to know that even if you do lose somebody, that you're still together forever, right? And that because we are sealed as families in the temple and for eternity. And and what a blessing that is, because I can't imagine if I was to lose a member of my family and not know that I was sealed to them forever. Like, I just would be devastated. And what a blessing that is. And to be able to picture those people on the other side of the veil, 
you know, my grandparents and friends and people that have passed on that I care about and to know that they were there with us. That's, that's a really powerful thing. And it's a motivator to make you want to live the commandments of God so that you can be together forever. Cause I kind of like you guys. <laughs> Guess I'm all right. <laughs> Mostly my grandbabies, but you guys too. <laughs> right. um, you made us cry, Dalton. Thanks. <laughs> well, I, amen to everyone else's key, key takeaways. Like I, I love hearing because, um, like obviously we all watch the same conference, but it's just interesting to hear kind of what stuck out to everyone for various reasons and stuff, because it gave me new perspective on talks that maybe. I probably didn't get that perspective the first time. Um, key takeaway for me, you know, one of them was that, and, and it was weird because this, uh, this was, it came back to me in my memory through various talks, but the, okay, so the key takeaway, first of all, is that God is turning, wants us all to be leaders. Like he wants everybody to be a leader, no matter, like, doesn't matter what calling you have in the church or what standing you are among your fellow men, like, because we're all supposed to be future gods one day, right? Like, that's why we're here. We're gods in training. And um, someone, a member on my mission, I remember one time we were talking about, you know, tr- mission leadership. And uh, and I was just kind of telling him some of my struggles about, you know, not being his own leader or whatever. But as I was sharing that, he said, he said, Dalton, it doesn't matter what calling or like whatever you have in this church. He's like, you need to focus on becoming a leader as you are. As you are. Mm-hmm. He's like, because God's not raising followers, right? He's raising leaders. He's training leaders. And so this conference, that came back to me. And I think it came back to me because I just realized now more than ever, like God needs leaders everywhere. He needs us all to be leaders. Like, and more than just, you know, obviously like church calling, it's not about that. He needs anchors and pillars throughout society for everyone who both has and doesn't have the gospel, especially with all the things that are going to happen. Um, you know, he needs anchors in society, people that are going to be sure in their testimony of Christ, that aren't going to fall away over every change, change or, or pandemic or whatever like crisis we're in. He needs people that others can learn, turn to and look to, you know, even if you're not an apostle. Like, if it's just, like, me, because I don't have a calling right now, even if it's just Dalton, people, my neighbors can look to me and be like, hey, that's a guy who knows his testimony and where he stands with God. I can have confidence where, I am, where I'm at. And, and so that just stuck out to me a lot of, like, it doesn't matter where you're at, what calling you have, you know, what position you hold, whether, you know, you have lots of money or no money. Like, it doesn't matter, right, your position in life. What matters is your relationship with God and then how you use that amongst your fellow men. So that was one takeaway that really stuck out. And then on, on top of that, also, I need to know where I stand and not be so concerned about what other people think of me. Because um, I've, never, I've never been worried about what other people think of me. But I do, to me, it, like a big part of my who I am is relating to others and making sure that I don't come off as someone who's super judgy, even though I am, or coming off like I'm, you know, someone who can't be a friend to everybody, right? Like that I, oh, Dalton only hangs out with this type of people, not, I want to be someone that, and and so a weakness I think I had and I recognized through this conference was like, sometimes I will leave the tree and not in a big way or anything, but I think enough where I've like realized, oh, I do leave the safety of the, the trunk of the tree of life 
to go and reach out to other people. And feeling like you have to maybe you try to be a little your, bit more worldly. Bit yeah, to, to be able to be like comfortable, but that's come yeah, to them yeah. on their grounds no. exactly, rather than right? ask them to come to you where you are. Or to just be yeah. an example where you are and just be a light yeah. that makes people want to come to you. It's not about having to force anybody in. It's just being yeah. the light and the happiness and the joy that makes other people go, I want what he has. And and that's where I think I like this that I can't remember whose message it was, but whoever delivered that, like it hit me so hard that I was like, that's something I need to be better at. And and I do sometimes get like, I, I feel like normally, typically I'm, I'm a pretty peaceful, like internally peaceful, maybe not externally, but internally <laughs> peaceful person where not a lot gets to me. I don't get stressed a lot. Um, and, and, and with everything happening in the world, right, I try, I try to just remember my faith, but there are times where I do start to like look at what's happening on the news or on social media and I do start to internally stress out a little bit, like maybe I'm not prepared enough. And I, I, it just hit me today, like, that was me ignoring the spirit. The, that piece that I had was from the spirit. And me listening to the social media voices or the news voices or, like, everything's going to happen and you're not ready. Like, and then I listened to that and it filled me with more panic than peace. Today it just hit me, like, I need to hold on to the spirit that I know and, um, and, and keep the spirit of faith, not of fear. Right? Because... Obviously, we can't prepare for everything, but God can prepare us for everything. And so even though we might not have everything, he knows that and he'll help get us to where we need to be. So those things kind of were were things that really struck me through this conference. And just I want to be that person that I am anchored no matter what. Like you never have to wonder, oh, someone said this. Is that going to affect Dolan? No, Dolan is anchored in Christ and he's going to follow the prophet and he's a friend to everybody, but he's on solid ground and he's not coming down. That, that's that's what I want to improve on and be looked at like in six months time. Um, okay, so then the last question I have for everybody is what was one core theme that you think came from conference that like what was a theme that that God wanted the world to hear and why do you think that particular theme because I think there were a lot, but why do you think you know the particular theme you're gonna highlight matters to the world right now? Well, I think I kind of shared, you know, the hear him theme was the big one for me in the, the tuning into the spirit and to be hopeful and to realize that it's not about the fact that we're not going to go through hard times because we're definitely going to go through hard times. It's about the fact that it's, it's who we are in those hard times and how we conduct ourselves and how we help others and love others. And that our job is to make the best of whatever circumstance we are given the very best. And I love the quote where someone read the scripture that said if you endure it well you'll be exalted it wasn't just saying endure to the end it was saying endure it well and that really struck me I actually underlined that several times with the word well because I thought you know that's where I need to really do better is I feel like I'm really good at staying strong at all times in my integrity and what I believe in but do I always do it well meaning am I always happy and cheerful positive about it and when things get bad instead of saying you know why me or this is unfair you know, making sure that my attitude is, you know, I'm going to just always have my faith in God, no matter how bad things get, because it is, it's scary right now, right? There's a lot of things to be scared about, but it's not about the scary stuff we're going through. It's about, have we built a solid family? Have we built a home where Christ can come, you know, if Christ came in our home, we'd be comfortable. Have we, you know, treated our family and our loved ones well? And have we forgiven ourselves and allowed ourselves to come unto Christ because he wants us there no matter what we've done what mistakes we've made or what we've been through he wants us right and and he loves us and he'll accept us and so it's just 
I think those are the things is learning to endure it well was a big one for me. Yeah, it was really good. I think, and I've kind of touched on this as well already, but the underlying message to me was... Um, to just appreciate your they, wife more. I'm just kidding. Yes, yes. <laughs> Be a better husband. <laughs> Every conference. <laughs> <laughs> but all of the messages, I mean, there was so much on the restoration, but all of the talks did a really good job of explaining, you know, talking about the Joseph Smith story. It wasn't about Joseph Smith. It was about what, look at what the Lord has done through Joseph Smith for us, for us now in our time. And especially in this time and, you know, in these days and in the days to come, like Amy said, we're going through a really hard time right now. The world is really, you know, things are really dicey and there's a lot of people that are really suffering. And it's going to, you know, probably get worse than where we are today. And hopefully it'll start getting better really soon. But who knows what's to come? But if we listen to the scriptures and we know what's going to happen before the second coming, there's, there's yet worse things to come, mm-hmm. right? And so we need, the world needs this message. And I think everybody here touched on a piece of that. And Dalton, your message about the Lord needs <coughs> leaders everywhere, right? Everybody needs to be a light to their neighbors and to their community and so on and so forth. Because people need it, um, you know, whether it's somebody in the church or not in the church. There's a lot of people in the world who really are looking and they don't know where to find that peace that we know that we can find by trusting in the Savior. And, and it's not just for those who are called on to lead other people. It's about leading yourself to be the best you can be. You know, it's being a leader of you. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, I think that was, to me, the underlying message, and it, it goes, goes along with what everybody else has said, which is, you know, the Lord, the Lord is here for us. But um, the, uh, the, another thing that I thought was, that just came to me a lot is, <coughs> even though the world, this weekend was proof to me, while the world might be going through harder and harder things, and there's going to be people in the world that are louder and loud there's going to be a lot of louder and louder voices against what we stand for there is a stronger and stronger voice for what we stand for you know today was an example of that it just felt so amazing even though we were in our homes with just us it was still the feeling of we're not alone there's people all around the world who are with us and i think as much as the world is going to go its way the Lord's people are going to continue to grow and go their way. Um, I definitely think the central theme for this conference for me was that Christ is the center of this church, right? Like we saw that with almost everything. Like it's a, he's the center of this church because it is his church. Like we especially saw that when President Nelson introduced the new symbol of the living Christ. So awesome. So awesome. So awesome symbol. Absolutely. And just every single story, right? I mean, the theme that they announced for this conference was the restoration. But like you look at the restoration, the first vision, like that was Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appearing to Joseph Smith, right? And the purpose of the restoration was to restore Christ's Christ church. church. Yeah. Yes. And the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. Right, we—that's part of the restoration—is receiving more word from him and more 
about him and who he was. Um, you look at temples. I mean, the center of temples is being together as families and forever. yeah, forever, right? And and learning more about the plan of salvation. And the center of that plan is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, it's it's in every single detail and every single talk. They everyone tied everything back to the Savior because it is His church, and that's why it's such a big deal that we implemented the name correction of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and introduced that symbol again. And even like personal revelation. Why do we receive personal revelation? So we can learn how to be more like Jesus Christ, right? Who is perfect. Everything. So, I mean, for me, that was my biggest takeaway. And like they said, it's written in the fleshy tables of my heart, right? <laughs> this is Christ's church and everything that we do points to Christ. And if it's not, then we need to get on the path and point it to Christ. We gotta hurry and get our Christus statues ordered tomorrow because it's gonna be like finding oh, toilet prices paper. are going up on those. <laughs> it's gonna be like toilet paper. We right. don't get one of those quick; it'll be gone. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just to piggyback off of it, what's already been said, um, I feel like you guys keep yelling it before I can even get to it. But <laughs> honestly, for me, I just want to add in there that hope. And I know we've talked a lot about that, this general conference. and It definitely has a lot to do with the times that we're living in currently, you know. But I think for me, the underlying message was there is hope. And that, you know, as I said before, the heavens are open. And the Savior is, is truly in every detail of the gospel and in every detail of everyone's life that's listening you know anyone that is willing to listen to the savior he's there for you and all it takes is a simple prayer and that's how it all started with joseph smith you know and i love that that was the message that was presented was you know it it is just by small and simple acts can we feel that hope can we feel that that guidance in our life and you know that I feel like, to me, that's what really was a highlight of this general conference. I think this in addition to everything else is the a lot of talk about the priesthood power, which just goes with everything. It's like Christ gave us his power through Joseph Smith so that we could have direct access to back to him. Um, there's a quote from President Nelson that says, Every woman and every man who makes covenants with God and keeps those covenants and who participates worthily in priesthood ordinances has direct access to the power of God. So I just love that. Everybody has access to God's power because Joseph Smith asked that one question because the Savior restored his church back on the earth. And we all have access to that. And just like going with like the leaders, we the Lord expects us to be leaders because we have that power. And there are a lot of us, there are a lot of members, but there is even more non-members. So even more homes that do not have the priesthood. So we need to be those leaders so that there can be more priesthood into people's homes. So that they can have that direct access to God. And the only place that anyone will ever find that priesthood power is in this church right here. So that there's a lot of focus on the priesthood power because this is where it's at. And that's kind of like the glue that links everything together is that priesthood power and how important it is that we have it. You know, it's interesting about what you said, Lex, as I realized going to this conference, I've always been someone who lives our faith and is open about our faith, but I haven't been one to always invite other people 
to join in and hear and listen. And I found myself because so many people are struggling right now. I was like, you know what, if I have this hope because of the gospel, I need to be willing to let other people know it. Cause you know, we get kind of shy about saying our beliefs in you know, normal life, just because you don't want to infringe on people or push your religion on people or any of those things. And, and because I was so excited about this conference, I found myself inviting people to participate, to listen, to be a part of it, to be part of the Hosanna shout, people that weren't members of the faith. And, but I knew were people that were people that, you know, believed in God and Jesus Christ and, and, and had those shared values. And I started to invite people to join. And it was such a humbling experience for me because not only did nobody get offended that I invited them to join, but people did get on and listen. And, and I had thank you notes coming from people saying, you don't know how much I needed that today. And and it was really a humbling experience for me that called me to repent a little bit to say, don't don't hold back sharing with other people what gives you peace and comfort and joy. And people aren't going to be offended. You know, I've always been so afraid that I'll offend someone if I bring it up. And nobody was offended. And not only that, it gave them comfort and peace. And why would I, why would I if I love others, hold back from telling them what brings me joy? And so that's something I'm going to do much better about is not being so shy to invite others to hear the messages and to feel that spirit and then you know it's up to them what they do with it but not to be shy about that that we shouldn't hold back from doing that it's a natural thing right it's like the the uncomfortable the awkwardness tree of life it. the fruit mm-hmm. it's natural to want to share your fruit we just especially need to do right it now more often yeah you know, no absolutely and more openly i think and we had talked about how all of all, everyone here except myself had actually invited you know, someone or lots of people to uh, to tune in. So, so you're I'm just super, repent? just Good super glad to be <laughs> surrounded by leaders. Um, this is, this is especially for people like Dalton here. Um, a, a theme, and like I said, I already kind of highlighted this, but a theme that stuck out to me was just the importance for everybody to figure out how the Spirit talks to everyone individually. I, I felt like that was mentioned through several talks, personal revelation was a big thing. And I think it just goes back to, and, and, and it, it struck me so much because I was super, I know we all were, we were all looking forward to this general conference, especially now with everything happening in the world. I think a lot of people tuned in that probably typically might not tune in. Um, and I'm talking about even members there. And, uh, and I, I'm sure that's also true of, of non-members where those not of our faith, but I think just the importance of this conference helped give me hope, helped awaken my soul, helped to remind me of all these things, but we're not going to get conference for another six months. So, you know, got to hold on to it, baby. Yeah. yeah like, but, but it's like, do I anchor myself in this conference for six months? I just, I know myself too well. Like in a couple months, I'm going to forget the feelings I had now or eat, honestly in a, in a week, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll remind and, you. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone keep me on the street. There we go. But, um, no, these, these feelings are so powerful. And it's like the general conference is so amazing because it's like this, you know, adrenaline shot to the heart. Yeah. But it's not enough to carry you every single day. And what is going to carry you every single day is that personal revelation. And re- gaining that, re- that relationship with the Spirit who is going to speak to you directly. And you have to work for it. Um, as all of us here know, it's like you have to work to understand, number one, how the Spirit speaks to you, because it speaks to each of us differently, right? And and number two, what sacrifices are expected of you? Because I think sacrifices expected of me are going to be different than you and you and you, because we all have different things that matter to us, right? So 
you know, like if I have to sacrifice video games, that's an actual sacrifice for me. Whereas for Lex, that's definitely not a sacrifice at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. The Lord's not going to ask so that. You of her. and Alex are both asking to give up video games. Oh Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> well, Elder Oofdorf talked about that just mm-hmm. uh, Sunday afternoon session. Yeah. Session, yeah. yeah. You know, when he talked about practicing, mm-hmm. and he made mm-hmm. the joke about practicing cooking. But, <laughs> but the analogy was perfect. Learning <laughs> to learning to listen to the Lord and know how do how do you hear Him, and knowing that He does hear you and practicing that relationship is the perfect analogy. But I also Dalton, I love what it reminded me of my favorite book, which is the Myth of Self Esteem by Esther Rasband, where she talks about we all have this box under our bed. Or we'll say to Heavenly Father, you know, you can take anything from me except for what's in my box under my bed. And for every person, it's a different thing in their mm-hmm. box, right? And when I was reading the book years ago, I thought, what's in my box? And I was like, it's trusting God. Like, it's that, that thing. It's like, I'll do everything except for, I don't want to have to trust that you can do anything bad to me and I'm going to still be okay with it. That's what's yeah. in my box, right? Is turning over that absolute trust. And I think to your point, that's going to be something we all have to figure out. What's in our box under our bed mm-hmm. <clears throat> that we struggle to sacrifice? And we have to come to terms with mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to work toward that and do it every day. Absolutely. And, and I think it changes every day too, potentially, you know, like, um, but that was a theme that I just saw was so important is that it's, it's, and, and this is, was given in previous conference about how in the coming days, it will not be good enough to rely on other people's testimonies. You have to be able to have your own. And the only way you can do that is to have a relationship with the Holy ghost. So I know for me, um, I feel like I do have a relationship with the Holy ghost and with my savior and with my heavenly father. But it's it can always be stronger, and I know there are like there are chinks in my armor that I need to work on, right? And so I'm going to do that. Um, but I also want to make sure that I'm helping family, friends, everyone around me, help them also find the chinks in their armor. Because um, as was say, stated in conference, this is a group effort. We're not getting back to Heavenly Father alone. It just doesn't happen. And I don't think it happens just with one person or two people. It takes a community of saints coming together and constantly helping each other. And that, for me, stuck out so much that I'm like, I've got to change a lot of things in my life to make sure that I'm able to constantly be doing that for those around me because um, I need more help than anyone. So I don't think I can expect to get all that help if I'm not helping. Um, guys, thank you. Thank you for, for joining me, for... Uh, for being looped in to our general conference recap. it I love this gospel, and I love this church, and I love the utilization of technology. Obviously, this conference couldn't have happened without it. And I think you guys were saying, I heard what, that conference is already up right now, right? They already have They're it. Already on already the live streams are yep. already there. Which is, that's it. insane to me. Because just in previous years, like, you had to wait a week. Right, so until the conference was up. The app update with the logo, immediate. <coughs> immediately. Like, after he said amen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, just, I'm so grateful to those working for the church who made this happen. Thankful for the, the audio and visual guys that had to be there to record conference because well, they did a fantastic they job. Where could they do that remotely? They could have done it remotely. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we know for sure is that the florist was gone because there was nothing there. <laughs> They must have put the men in charge of the decorations because the women would have had a few more flowers. That's probably true. <laughs> I know I've seen those memes going out. And um, and I just, this is this is random. I want to share this real quick um, with the Hosanna shout. Something that stuck out to me 
because it was, I think we've all talked about it. It was awesome. That was a super, a deeply spiritual thing. But as I started to do it, and I want to be sensitive to this, but also honest just in case there's anyone else out there that felt this way. When we started, part of me thought, this is a little silly. And immediately, I, it wasn't like a rebuke or anything, because I think it was an innocent just thinking like this is a little, like, because you're holding up a handkerchief, right, and waving it, and then we're all repeating the same things. But but then the spirit hit me so hard as we were doing it, and it just filled my thoughts with um, that that, that um, ritual, that you know, symbol, and all of that. That is how God teaches us true principles, right? And there's a lot of things in our church that could be considered silly, right? Like the word of wisdom. A lot of people in the world consider the word of wisdom very silly. But as we've gained testimonies of that, we understand why it's not silly, and we gain deep spiritual things about it. And I could go on and on about all the things in our church that, that people consider silly. Um, so I just want to, for anyone else that, that may have thought, well, that's a little silly, I hope everyone else had that spiritual, um, just have the spirit fill your heart and recognize those things. But if not, know that, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think it could be considered silly. But I hope you look at the deeper meanings of how God uses symbols to teach us and to teach us wisdom. And by not looking at it like the world and looking with a spiritual eye, right? Then you will learn these deeper symbols and the deeper meaning from it. Um, so maybe I was alone there, but just in case, You're I just want to. You're pretty much alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But just in case, just in case someone someone was out there who was like, "Am I the only one?" I think that's a natural and normal, yeah, you know, reaction. Especially but if you don't if you don't understand. What's especially going on. if mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. fully understand yeah. it. But as you know, and look, I said this earlier, you couldn't have been participated in that and not recognize. Absolutely, we worship the Savior, and it's mm-hmm. not just with words. This was an outward expression of our love and gratitude. Well, and how beautiful and was it? it was our on... desire for his help. All of those things. And combined. it was on Palm Sunday, which is a really yeah. beautiful, yeah. you know, because it originally mm-hmm. was done as a way to That's honor right. the Savior. And, so. and the Savior, you know, he even talks, he, how many people come unto me with their words. Yeah. Right. And this is, a, this is a way for us to come unto him, an easy way for us to come unto him with more than just words. Oh, it's one of the most sacred. I mean, it's it's only been done in my lifetime for the dedication of temples. So to be able to do that from our own homes in this time and to do it on a Palm Sunday and to do it in unison with people around the world, like I just, it was such a tribute to respect for Jesus Christ and a love for the Savior and what he's done for us and what he sacrificed for us. and what he's done to make sure that we can all return to him and just the love it took for him to sacrifice so much for all of us and to do it, you know, even to the least of these, even those of us that are the worst or that made the most mistakes, like he did it for everybody. And it just, I think it was a beautiful tribute. Absolutely. And quick two cents too. I just think, because I'm sure there are going to be people either of our faith or not of our faith who watch that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, President Nelson even said like media, like, this is something like that it's is sacred, sacred, sacred mm-hmm. thing. and anyone I think who still feels like that because I mean obviously you felt like that but that was dismissed very quickly Absolutely. once you felt yeah, the spirit. Yeah. I would just recommend anyone who felt like that or still feels like that to go and 
like look up in the actual Bible and the scriptures, mm-hmm. the symbolism of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you're talking about, like they actually did this when the Savior Himself entered Jerusalem. Like this isn't just us coming up with it out of nowhere. It's not just you know like yeah. this is actually pulled from symbolism of something that actually happened for the Savior Himself, right? So to be able to repeat that, like. I, don't, I, I would just recommend anyone who might still be struggling with that or still think that that's uncomfortable or strange to go and actually look it up in the Bible, right? Like kind yeah, of use it search as it for yourself. To study. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's all I wanted to share. And, and I, great thoughts. I, I, I love it. That's um, why you passed all of your bedtime, so we should really get your kids to bed. <laughs> so once again, thank you all for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, and for anyone else that listen to conference and had your you know your own favorite talk or your own insights i want to hear it please share it with me and uh, you can do that through you know anchor social media send me a text however you want to but uh i would love to hear it as always and once again thank you all for joining me hey love you love you guys